You're listening to another episode of Life Talk with Listeners. What's up, everybody? Uh, it's another Life Talk episode with a very interesting guest today, um, Dennis um, from Amsterdam. I met him through a friend of mine, uh, Quincy, and um, now it's no not November. I got a lot of DMs about this topic. Hey, Jesse, what is it? But we have an expert today, someone who knows a lot about it, who lives and breathes it. Um, Dennis, I'm so <laughs> excited you're here. Please, please introduce yourself. Wow, that's one uh, intro. <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah, well, my name is Dennis. And um, uh, there's not really one particular thing that I'm like very uh, specialized in or that I'm very obsessed about, but it's just life in general that I'm very excited about. And mm-hmm. I'm just very. Uh, like a very curious seeker of uh, knowledge in general, but wisdom, esoteric knowledge. So I'm 24 years old right now. I just picked up school again. But when I was 18, uh, I dropped out of high school because I wasn't resonating with the way things were going at school and the way we were learning things because I was I was aware that uh, beyond school, there was so much to learn, you know, like we learn only from textbooks. And uh, I was keen on learning things from direct experience. So I dropped out, started traveling, and uh, started to learn uh, many things that we don't learn in school, like uh, holistic uh, healing, health, shamanism, and many other topics. But among these topics was also like um, NoFap. There are different names like semen retention, sexual energy transmutation. And um, yeah, I just started to experiment more and more with these, these things. And now, uh, yeah, I can speak from experience and uh, I've also seen what it did to people around me, people that approach me online that say, hey, like it changed my life. And uh, yeah, I believe that NoFap, like semen retention, not ejaculating for extended periods of time is personally, like from my own experience, one of the most powerful tools for self-realization and uh, developing yourself um, in order to become like the best version of yourself possibly. Okay, that's, that's very interesting. You you're um, sharing that you've been uh, um, researching and doing shamanism. Uh, what what yeah. got you into that? Uh, well, uh, it started in the beginning when I started uh, traveling. My first big solo trip was uh, I went uh, from the Netherlands to Turkey by bicycle, and uh, I, I yeah I did many crazy things, man. Like I took acid with me, and uh, I had my first encounters with the acid LSD. Mm-hmm. And then I started experimenting with other um, psychedelics like uh, mushrooms, hallucinogenic mu- mushrooms. Mm. And um, it opened my mind. Like I noticed like, wow, we've been in a dormant, dormant state of consciousness for such a, a long time. And it felt like particular uh, doorways in my mind were opening, like uh, pathways that I wasn't able to connect to prior to having a psychedelic experience. And um, I started to experiment with more um, psychedelic plant medicine. And eventually I went to uh, Peru. Uh, I went to the Amazon to an, uh, to like a native tribe, not like a commercial institute where you can drink ayahuasca, uh, the hallucinogenic plant brew. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went to like a native tribe and I went there for a month. I lived there in isolation with a shaman to study particular plants and uh, drink ayahuasca every other day. So I did 14 ceremonies there. And uh, that really flipped me inside out, man. Like on a metaphysical level, it was like a rebirth. Mm-hmm. I learned so much there. 
like not linear knowledge, not, not intellectual knowledge, but something beyond that. Like in the West, we really cherish our mind, but I believe there's something beyond the mind that we cannot comprehend intellectually, but it's so much more valuable because it's like, it's, it's a nonlinear form of intelligence. And I feel like I picked up on that a lot there. That's amazing. Yeah. And you're, you're still um, doing your school, um, I believe. Here yeah, I just Canada. picked it up yeah. again. Okay. And um, uh, what, what is your um, way of thinking with, you know, like younger, because we have a lot of female listeners um, and, and, and I think they can resonate with this too, right? Because it's, it's not just about semen and, and uh, ejaculating, but also about transcending the orgasm, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. And it's something energetic that, that often we uh, limit ourselves to just uh, penetration and uh, these forms of sexual activity but it's so much more than that. So I think for all the female listeners right now that are like, you know, or are thinking about tuning out, please don't because <laughs> yes, there's no fab thing is, is a thing for guys, but it, it's very much so also a thing for women um, with transcending their sexual energy and being more present and more aware of, of you know, channeling that energy throughout the body. Isn't it, Dennis? Yeah, that's true. But the thing with sexual energy is like, we've been so conditioned and program, uh, programmed to behave in a particular way. Um, if I speak for myself, like my only uh, form of sexual education as a teenager was porn. And the only thing that you see there is just penetration, orgasm, right? Like everything yeah. is centered around the orgasm and it's basically you're masturbating to each other. Like I'm horny and I find you attractive. You're horny, you find me attractive. Let's basically masturbate to each other for the most pleasure, optimal pleasure. But the thing that we forget is that um, like we have lost our sensitivity towards sexuality. And once you dive into sexuality more, you'll see that um, fundamentally speaking, sexual energy for women and uh, uh, men is different in this uh, sense. Uh, female sexuality is very receptive. It's more like fluid. It takes a longer time to turn on a woman, uh, but she can also have more multiple orgasms. Like it's a very more, it's a much more fluid. It's, it's compared to water in Chinese medicine. Mm. And the men's uh, male sexual energy is more like fire. Like you get turned on quickly, but you also orgasm quickly. And it's more like a fire, like an explosion, right? Mm -hmm. And um, when you experiment with uh, not having orgasms for an extended period of time for men, uh, the battery charge uh, is charging very quickly compared to women. But women can also benefit from this. Uh, but it's, it's different. Like our sexual energy is different. But it's also beneficial. Like I know some uh, women that promote NoFap as well and that it has changed their life in uh, rather the same way that it did for men. Uh, so it's for both female and male uh, beneficial. Okay. And um, um, with, with us, it's like... I got a lot of DMs today. Um, every year, it's like a thing. This whole no, not November hashtag, um, <laughs> little commercialized right now. You see it on T-shirts. Um, you know, I'm almost selling it in my store at this point. Um, but you know, I've chosen not to and to do this podcast about it. You know, to educate people a little bit more and have people on here that have something to say about this and experienced it. Because I do have to be honest with you, Dennis, as someone who. Um, uh, is a guy like yourself i i find it difficult i am um, um, at, at some point i i just want to like explode and i feel with mm. whole movement you kind of restrict yourself from a natural feeling that occurs 
um, which is coming, mm. right? And I'm like, yeah, like how how beneficial is this really? Because I, I do feel that it's it's, and even for me, and I'm speaking for myself, it, it's quite stressful to to uh, not do it. I can imagine. Yeah. But the thing is, um, like in the West, for uh, all these phenomena like um, sexual energy transmutation and mm-hmm. transcendentalism, all these spiritual metaphysical phenomena are quite new to us. Like it feels like we are just exploring these things. But there are mm-hmm. also like cultures, um, for instance, in India, this is very common knowledge. In the same way uh, how scientific knowledge is common to us, uh, these metaphysical matters are uh, very common for Indian people. Like they know about uh, terms like Kundalini, and there's also a name for like uh, charging your sexual energy called Oyas. Uh, there's also many terms for like life force energy, which is called Prana. And the mm-hmm. thing is, we are neurologically and culturally conditioned uh, through our neuro- neurological pathways to when we feel a particular tension rise, in this case, it's sexual energy. Um, we are not used to holding that sexual energy. It's like a battery, right? You're charging up your sexual energy when you're not coming. And we are conditioned to always release that energy, to project it downwards. Like um, in uh, Hinduism, there's a term for a particular energy that's located in the spine that's uh, considered as a dormant energy that has a potential to be awakened. Mm -hmm. It's like a metaphysical energy that can um, awaken your endocrine glands and give you a higher level of consciousness once awakened. And in most people, this energy, it's called kundalini energy. It's dormant. It's sleeping. So it's sleeping at the base of your spine, in the root chakra. And when you orgasm, you project the kundalini energy downwards. It's, it's, it's staying stuck in the root chakra. But we have never been used or we've never been, um, uh, yeah, we've never been used to channeling the energy upwards. So every time we get a little bit of sexual energy in our body uh, rising, when we don't ejaculate, we feel this tension. And as you described it as a stressful feeling mm-hmm. and we need to explode, as you said, because we are used to projecting it outwards. But the trick is to channel that energy and raise the Kundalini through different es- esoteric practices, which could be breathing exercises. They're like um, breathe- breathing exercises called fire of breath or um, where you're alternating through your nostrils. And you're channeling the energy upward. You can also do that with your uh, conscious attention to is that, is that imagine called, um, that tantra. Tantra. Yeah, that's yeah, that's related. It's like like and, breathing into each other and you know like that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can also do that by yourself, but also through meditation, you can channel the energy upward. And what happens is that this raw sexual energy, which is feeling like uh, a frustration almost, mm-hmm. you can transmute that and turn that into a more sophisticated energy. And that's the potential of sexual energy. And that's what we have forgotten, to channel it upwards. And in the beginning, it will feel like a frustration, maybe, because we are always used to projecting it outward. Mm-hmm. But there's also another pathway, but that pathway is like long forgotten. We, we don't know it's there, you know? But once yeah. we um, look into that more, like how to channel and transmute that sexual energy, there's no sexual frustration. I can make love now to somebody and not ejaculate and don't feel any sexual frustration whatsoever but in the beginning it was completely different yeah how long did it did it um take you to master this um, mm. i'm i'm right now like uh, maybe five or six years ago i started 
um, wow. experimenting with this, meditating and um, uh, like channeling sexual energy upward and doing no fap, which I'm doing almost all the time now. And I'm not like I'm not even mastering it right now. Like um, even last week, I, I made love to somebody, which doesn't happen that often. But then um, my intention was not to come. But then I failed again, which sometimes can happen. You know, it's a journey. It's like it's not like you're uh, one day you mastered it and every time you. It's a. It's well, you have to come at some point, right? Like you, 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 you. Uh, in psychology, we call this catharsis, right? Uh, you you mm. have to release at some point. You can't hold it in, well, right? I, I don't think so. I think um, uh, what I just described, like being able to transmute your sexual energy uh-huh. and really like on an alchemical level, transmute that potent energy that's uh, contained in the seed of a mill. Um, once you transmute that, it really turns into something else and then there's no, no frustration you're circulating it around and it generates so, like this electromagnetic effect that's wow. giving you life force. It's, it's very potent. That's next level. So you're, you're saying you're, you, if, if it's you, you don't even want to come at all. You just want to transmutate it. Is that, is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. In the beginning, there was this sexual frustration, but after like, mm-hmm. I'd say two years or so, um, I'd never have this. Also in the beginning, when I did no fab, I'd have wet dreams. Yeah. always around like the third or fourth week but now uh, even I, i've done like uh, many times 100 days no fat like not ejaculating for 100, 100 days, or days oh wow yeah i've done and uh, i i don't have uh, wet dreams whatsoever like mm-hmm. at all wow that is that and is, bro, that is I, incredible yeah th- this podcast is too short but it really changed my life man like on mm-hmm. so many levels i cannot explain it like also on a metaphysical spiritual level there mm-hmm. are so many benefits to it but it's just something that we don't regularly talk about, you know. People yeah, only that, care that's about the why confidence. I want to give you. I, I want to talk with you because I, I do find it fascinating, and I do have to say, um, you know, that I, I have done it for a couple of weeks, and I do feel my erections are harder. I mm. um, am more like energized. I need less coffee. Um, <laughs> you know, it. So, so I do see those you know physical changes and i do experience it on a a metaphysical level um but i do have to say that i did some research you know and i do read that there are like um with this whole no fat moment concerns from doctors that say it's not (laughs) good to like hold it in for too long because you know the, the, the sperm will be always dissolved by the body um but but um you know, ideally, doctors say it, it's good to let it go like every three, four days. So, it, you know, you can, can make new ones. True. I, I, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, like I, I think uh, the mainstream uh, uh-huh. like medical uh, view on things, mm-hmm. I don't always resonate with it. Like yeah. I believe the body is so hyper intelligent and has mechanisms to cope with things naturally. Uh, for instance, when you need to ejaculate, you'll have a wet dream. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I've researched this too. Like I've also read that um, there is uh, an effect between uh, regularly coming and prevention of prostate cancer. That too, yeah. Uh, it was the next thing. I yeah, was but, yeah. And I don't, I don't know. Like 
for me, it, it just feels so good. And I really honor my intu intuition also regarding other topics, like let's say diet. I could read infinite research, uh, re like research that has been done, research results that could say that particular food isn't good or a particular lifestyle or diet isn't good. But if it makes me feel good, you know, I, I just honor my intuition in these kind of matters. <clears throat> okay. And I also believe that uh, a lot of mainstream views on things are like the paradigm right now is shifting. We are doing a lot of discoveries that our common worldview nowadays is not always um, right, you know? Mm. And I just keep an open mind to it. Like, I'm not saying this is either healthy or not healthy. Like, I'm just, it's, just, it's like a journey, you know? Trying to figure out things for ourselves through tri trial and error what works best for us. Yeah, but, but also, you know, where we're talking about Western medicine, uh, Eastern medicine, you know, th those are different. I get that. Um, but at the same time, um, India gives us Kamagra, a wonderful drug mm. to become very, very <laughs> erect. And I, I you know, <laughs> so it, it's, it's um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to... Um, it's like, how do, what, do, what is your opinion about that? Um, Viagra and these, these supplements like horny goat weed, uh, Cialis. Uh, because you did say... Oh, to be honest, I've never fucked with that, man. You use drugs, yeah, but not I, those kind of drugs. Uh, yeah, I try to stay, uh, stay away from anything that's like artificial and mm -hmm. not organic, man. Uh, because uh, I think like there's a place and time for Western medicine, like... Um, because our Western medicine is based on pharmaceuticals, right? Like drugs that yeah. are made in a lab. And I think there's a time and place for, for them. And uh, I see the value of them as in, in particular emergencies, they, they are very handy, you know? Mm -hmm. Like you cannot always solve everything naturally. And that's when pharmaceuticals are handy, when there's an emergency. But I think we over-prescribe and overuse without looking at the cause of a particular symptom, of a particular disease, like the yeah. core root cause. And I think 90% of the things that we are prescribing drugs for, let's say diabetes type 2, uh, high blood pressure, um, erectile dysfunction, they're all curable more than 90% of the times, I believe, uh, through um, lifestyle. lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I th yeah, I think we're over-prescribing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the easy way out, isn't it? Like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to have this hot day tonight and I just want to make sure that I'm like rock hard, you know, just mm -hmm. from a guy's perspective. Um, you know, I, I get that. I, I, I do get that because, you know, you, you want to be, you want to be ready. But at uh -huh. the same time, there is a lot of dysfunction behind it that um, we, we often don't want to address or we're unconsciously, um, aware of you know where the dysfunction comes from but but we don't know how to grasp it and often you know and i think you described this before on your on your socials as well it it has a lot to do with masturbating watching porn isn't it yeah i think porn really wrecked my view on sexuality in general bro i swear i was like 13 years old or 12 years old when i got into porn yeah. And I was consistently watching it on a daily base until I was 18 and oh, wow. uh, I, I made the decision to quit porn. Mm -hmm. And I kid you not, like I, it took me years to fully recover my view on sexuality and to be able to have healthy friendships with women in general again. It, it took me years, man. Like, uh, of course, after a few months, my dopamine receptors were recovering. 
and I was like showing progress, but to fully view, um, heal my view on sexuality in general, and to be able to see women as like autonomous, beautiful goddesses instead of just walking pussy, mm-hmm. it took years. I, I think wow. porno- pornography, like I'm not saying, I'm not judging things in, in terms of bad and good, but I do say that it, for me, it really wrecked my view on, uh, on a lot of things, man. Like it was very toxic for me. And it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Oh, yeah, man. What was it? Like it, it increased like almost like 60, 70% during lockdown. Um, you know, the surges for porn on the web. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it blows my mind, the market for porn. How much yeah, people need out there. Yeah. Like people need love and affection and we need connectivity. Like we are social beings. We thrive in communities, right? Yeah. But we are now all isolated in these weird cubes that we call houses. And uh, mm-hmm. We are very disconnected from both ourselves, from from uh, in a spiritual sense, from source and nature, and um, we are we are looking for connection, but we cannot find it, and then we seek it through this this stimulation, you know, this uh, uh, stimulation of our reward system, mm-hmm. but it's not fulfilling on a deeper level. So true. I, I believe all, I, I believe also porn is like on a metaphysical level, it's a weapon that we can use to control the masses, because what happens every time when we watch porn. Uh, we stimulate people to give into their carnal urges, to give into um, what in spirituality is called the lower self. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the urges that come come from your your physical flesh, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we we feel the urge to masturbate, for instance, or we get this sexual urge, and we immediately give into it by getting uh, by watching porn. We stimulate the pathways in our brain um, that are uh, involved in the reward system, right? Mm-hmm. And what happens is people become conditioned to every time when they get an urge uh, to have a snack, an unhealthy snack, to make the poor decision that's um, rewarding on the short term, but very unhealthy on the long, long term, to give in to that. And you make people slave of their senses, of their five senses, and make them unable to look beyond the sensory experience, what you just talked about, the transcendentalism, mm-hmm. to realize for people that we are not just the flesh, we are the consciousness behind it, but we forget that because we're so hypnotized by the beauty of display, this physicality of form. And that's, that's where, that's, that was exactly my point. That's, I think, where erectile dysfunction stems from because then you have the real thing and, you know, it, it's just not the same. You're not, it's not what you're used to, not what you're conditioned mm. to do. So it's not working. And then you result to these pills like Camagra, Viagra, young guys in their 20s. You know, yeah, I've I've been in those positions. We all have been, you know. It's no secret about it. Um, but it, but it's interesting. I I, I do um, agree with this perspective on porn. I do have to say, you know, I, I meet girls, um, and and they're like, hey, you know, Jess, let's 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 put on some porn together. You know, let's get in the mood. So you're watching porn together. You know, I'm not really like a porn guy, but you know, she wants it. So it's like, all right, and I have this huge TV screen. You know. But I don't know. It, it, it's so accepted, you know, and, and, and what uh-huh. you're saying, you know, m- m- it, it, like you can't have that, that conversation with most people. They're going to look at you like, oh, it's just a little porn. It's just, it's, you know what I mean? Let's have some fun. Like, and, and that, that's what worries me, uh, Dennis. We, we need to have this conversation more with people. And I think it, it's, people don't realize the long-term cost and even the short-term to be honest 
watching porn and what it does to our brain. Yeah. Yeah, it's ruining relationships. Because what you said, like it's desensitizing people. Mm -hmm. There's a part in our brain called the nucleus accumbens, which is involved in our reward circuit. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are really desensitizing that. I was only 16 years old when I was having my sex, my sex life was being wrecked because uh, as you said, like you get so much stimulus from the internet. It's just one click away. and You see another huge titties and boobies and, and a butt and everything. Like it's, it's all in your face. It's very stimulating. And then you, you get into the real life. And I had the problem when I was 16 years old that I couldn't come in real life because I wasn't being stimulated enough. You know, I was desensitized so much that I couldn't come. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's why like for anyone who says, man, I love porn and I'm feeling good. I'm like, go for it, dude. I'm not the guy that's going to say, no, it's unhealthy, whatever. It just doesn't work for me. And I believe there's like a, like a logical reason for that. And I, I think it works like that for a lot of people. But dude, if it works for you or for anyone in general, I don't mean you, but just in general. Yeah, people just should just go for it, man. Well, you know, know what? My, my point is like, it, it doesn't work at all, but they think they, they are made to believe it works because it's a quick reward, right? Yeah, I, I think satisfaction. I think so, but they're not conscious enough to realize it. So when you're, you're sharing a story, it's probably people listening to, that are like either tuning out or their, you know, their self defense mechanisms are like, you know, I watch porn and I'm all good and I'm having the best sex with my girlfriend. Hey, good for you, bro. Good for you. Listen, I watch porn with some girls too, but it's just in the long term, you're not like you're desensitizing yourself. This is not what love is. This is not what affection is. You're doing yourself short. Yeah. And I, I felt also like, uh, like when I was watching porn and masturbating it, like for the second or third time in a day, I was like, I was feeling pathetic, bro. Like I'm making love to a digital screen. I was like, mm-hmm. something is wrong with this, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that, that was, yeah. And I feel like um, it just put, puts so much attention on the physical aspect of making love, which is just so it's about like penetration just smashing and having rough sex and then having an orgasm. But then I realized like there's so much more, that we forget about when we are conditioned that way, like the connection from heart to heart, you know, these, uh, uh, these, how do I say that? Like states of ecstasy where you can almost like transcend your ego during lovemaking, you know? And you said something so beautiful and, and, and something that I resonate with. You now see women that you sleep with as goddesses. And, and before that you saw them as, as pussy and boobs. Right. Yeah, and, man. And that is, that is so beautiful. And, and you can have such beautiful sex, you know, just appreciating each other's body and, and curves and eyes and smell, you know, it, 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 it's a beautiful thing, people. And um, I, I do have some questions here, um, um, Dennis, because you, you were talking about drugs in the beginning. Um, and um, is it something that you still use um, also during sex, sexual activity? Uh, no, I, like I'm 24 years old right now in my ex- experimental phase and uh, being receptive and open towards like these kind of experiences was more until like three years ago between my 18th and 21st year. Uh, and I've rarely ever used drugs during sex. Uh, no particular reason, but just by a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've only done like one time with uh, herbal ecstasy, a few times with weed, and one time with alcohol, and that's it. Okay. And that was intense, dude. Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's that's my experience too. So I, I was wondering, like, you know, what what your uh, point point was point of view, point of view was on um, using drugs and sedatives, um, because I do have to say, whenever I use marijuana, everything feels so much nicer, and it's like a whole like spiritual elevation um, mm. that that you experience, you know. And, and I'm like, is this the is this the way to do it? Is this the way? Isn't this something we can we can reach through bioenergetics and through breathing exercises? Are uh, you know is it not the easy way out to just use like marijuana together and be like ha ha ha? It 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 seems so easy. Yeah, true. Like um, I'm all for experimentation and mm-hmm. like seeing what works and and what resonates. But yeah. in the end, uh, what you said is so true. Like. Once I stopped, like, um, like once I healed my relationship towards women in general and sexuality, and, and I was also celibate in that period for a long time to like really uh, get to the core of myself and really like um, recondition myself, or should I say decondition? Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got out of that phase, like let's say two years ago, and had a completely different view on sexuality. I also experienced so many things that I didn't even know were possible. Like what you said through breathing exercises, like synchronizing a breath together, which is almost like guaranteeing me to come together like simultaneously with the girl that I'm with simply by breathing uh, in synchronicity. I didn't even know about these things, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and there are other things like what you said, other breathing exercises or uh, even meditating together prior to making love, like can be so powerful. Wow, yeah, which which are a lot of things we haven't even discovered by any means, um, because it it seems so far away from us or not even reachable, or you know, let's just use a pill or or a or a fucking joint and let's let's you know get it on. Um, which, by the way, I have nothing against. I I, I do love to smoke together and and enjoy. Um, what do you think of toys in a bedroom? Uh. I just started experimenting with that mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Like uh, nothing too crazy, but just simple tools like uh, cuff, like handcuffs or like mm-hmm. blindfolds and, and vibrators, whatever. Um, you don't think I, it don't fantasizes? Was, um, the real thing? Like I'm not vibrations sure because it's like... never physically even reach? Yeah, true. Like, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it too much because it's like, pretty new for me like i haven't experimented with it too much okay so i haven't given thought to that too much i don't know like uh yeah it's it's to me it's like you know in, in a way what like how porn desynthesizes the brain i feel like a vibrator that is so extremely intense that a woman and i've seen this i i have a lot of sexual uh, experience with women and i've seen women in my you know in my life that used a vibrator so much that they desynthesized themselves so it took me a while when i was dating a girl to really make her get used to the real thing right and Mm -hmm. and make her orgasm through different ways than the vibration uh that that uh you know a battery and a 
and a little ding dong gifts, <laughs> you know. So uh-huh. it, it's um, it was fascinating to see her um, like be able to really orgasm again through a natural natural um, you know chemistry. So that is my thing with toys. I I, I have a lot. I've, I love toys as Sam and all that stuff, but. This is the thing that we should be aware of, desynthesizing yep. the real thing. I've never thought about it that way, but it makes sense. Yeah, we can never reach a, a, like that level of vibrations, and and it's okay if I like. Let me be very clear: it's totally fine and cool to experiment, right? Like you said, with drugs and all that. But the moment you um, are like become addicted to it you you start desynthesizing yourself and then you want the next best thing. Then you want the ultra, ultra vibrator, right? And then uh, maybe something new comes out and then it's like, yeah, what's next, right? Like, and, and when, when you're talking about like tantra and breathing and transcending and why are we not discovering that field? Why are we not present there, right? And um, uh, it's, 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 um, it's something that's very rare, unfortunately. Um, if if I you know look at society right now, um, we we like instant gratification, uh, and and a vibrator offers that, porn offers yeah. that, you know. So so if you think about it, it makes sense. But it's 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 a dangerous thing, you know, for um, how people um, ultimately also you know, see themselves and their partner and cheating and all that stuff, which happens on a large scale. It's all kinds of dysfunction that, that all results back to like the beginning of who we are. And so, um, yeah. And, and, um, Dennis, I do appreciate you sharing all this, especially hearing about like, you know, what, what, what it did to you and, and what you think porn does to other people. Is there anything that you want to share with people listening right now, women, men, um, that are like, hey, you know, I, I, I think this can help you or whatever. Hmm. Well, like what I've come to realize through this whole journey that I've been on for years is that um, I, I came here on earth to serve in a way. And for me, it's never... Uh, always like exactly clear and what way that is Mm -hmm. but i've come to realize that um i'm just trying to like be a point of light in these dark times through simply sharing my experiences and because what i've been through is i've been through a very uh quite a tough like lifetime like i've suffered a lot in my life Mm -hmm. and somehow through self-realization through believing in myself and through having the heart the courage to embark on, on this journey of exploration and just doing my own thing without caring about how others think uh, about me. Um, I've come to a place where I'm actually very content and very fucking happy. Like, of course I have these uh, minor ups and downs in my life and little setbacks and whatever, but at the core, I'm like very happy. And this is, this is our natural state that everyone can be in. Like, I don't want people to think that they are somehow doomed and I, I don't want people to, uh, get stuck in the um, what's it called the um, slachtofferrol. I forgot it. What, victimhood what is it in English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, being stuck in victimhood. It's so easy uh, to always 
be the victim, like say, oh, because my parents did this, I'm in this situation, because others treated me this way. It is so freaking powerful to be able to say, I am responsible for my own experience. Of course, there are always things that could happen to you, but mm. you're responsible for the way that you're dealing with things. So I, I want to encourage everyone that's suffering, and I know that's a lot of people in, this time, in these kind of times, you know, to look into your heart and be able to say, okay, things have happened to me. Life might have been unfair to me, but that's not my problem. The present moment is where the power is, right? Like you have the power right now to say, okay, I'm going to turn around this experience. It may be an arduous and long and painful journey to be able to look within because we're always trying to escape to look within. We are always want to, wanting to externalize our attention, go to the cinema, smoke a cigarette, have sex, uh, be around people, watch TV, watch Netflix. I dare everyone that's listening right now to be able to look within, go within, find that silent spot within where you feel the pain and to have the courage to feel the pain that, that's within. And through feeling it and sitting with the pain that you feel within, the, the feelings of emptiness, the feelings of unworthiness, you can transmute it. You can look into it and see that, it, that it's just a feeling. Go to the root of it mm -hmm. and just be, have the courage to go on the journey of self-realization because it's worth it, you know? That's amazing, Dennis. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I could I could talk on and on about this, man. Like, <laughs> oh, listen, we're we're gonna do this again. We're gonna do a part two um, because there, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of response from this um, and a lot of questions. So I'm sure we're gonna do this again next month or maybe earlier. Um, where can people um, find you on social? Uh, the only place where I'm really active right now, or active is instagram it's abc dennis with one n and double z okay i'll make sure to put uh, that in the description as well um dennis i want to thank you so much for your time and you know sharing this um this life story and experience with us not a problem dude thank you for inviting me mm -hmm. <clears throat> Um, I look forward to speaking to you again everyone that tuned in thank you so much um sorry i haven't been on in a while but uh, I did want to come back uh, with with this great topic. No, not November. We're two days in. And um, of course, um, women are welcome to join too. Speak to you next time. Thank you.